Go now. Three, two, one, go. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 253, October 25th, 2019. This being the 27th anniversary of my one and only hole in one. 82 degrees on this day in 1989 and 12 degrees in 1887. How much is this going to cost me? That's all I was worried about. Now, from the mayor's office (laughs) above the boathouse on the east shore. Of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Thank you very much. I think October 25th, 1992 was a Sunday. And I got the hole-in-one on number 14 at Indian Hills and then panicked. I saw busloads of nuns arriving here from Crookston. I saw money flowing because a hole-in-one at Indian Hills is worth about 600 bucks. So we go in. I've told this story before. You tell it again for podcast listeners. Can't find my... Uh, there's a sheet on the wall of the pro shop that everybody signed to... Uh, to pay for hole-in-one insurance. So when somebody gets one, you you owe them two bucks, and it's cheap insurance. You're going to get your money, too. So we can't find my name on the list. And I'm going, oh, my God, I know I've got to be on there because I've been paying the two bucks all summer to other people. Wait, stop. Explain this again to me. I, I've never experienced this. You're so optimistic. You, Am I right about this? You, you're you so sure you're going to get a hole-in-one that you buy insurance so no. you don't have to? No, no. Kenny, optimistic no. is the wrong word. No. It's paranoia. No, no, no. It's just <laughs> part of the it's just part of the vibe of, of belonging to a place. But if you pay the two dollars, then what happens? You just yeah, on your monthly Jesus. On your monthly bill, <laughs> yep. yeah. if somebody got a hole in one that month, yeah. you might get a two dollar charge. What if they didn't? If nobody gets a hole in one, you're not charged two bucks. Right. Okay. If a bat and ball costs a dollar <laughs> right. ten, let's move forward, Joe. <laughs> so I can't. Suddenly we find it there. Oh yeah, my, there's my name. Now I'm a big shot. Perfect. You're set. I'm going in. It's uh, John Camp and yeah. Danny Lean, a bunch of guys. And I said, let's. I'll start with 150 bucks. I'm going to spend 150 bucks. Yep. And uh, no sooner had the order been placed, and the kid from the pro shop came out and said, uh, "I got to tell you something." <laughs> Hole-in-one insurance expired at midnight last night. I said, stop! Stop! Stop drinking! I threw a tirade. Of course you did. So successfully that they changed the rule, and all but two guys paid me. And the rule now is, of course, why that was arbitrary is beyond my yeah, why, understanding. It, it should just go to the last day until the cor- course closes. Sure, right, of course. You know, why was it arbitrarily said it? In fact, that year, two guys got holes in one after October 25th. And were paid. And got paid. Yeah. Um, describe the shot. I don't, I've never heard you describe. When Five did you Five iron know? to a par three. Uh, ball landed be, uh, upwind of the pin and rolled back, which I didn't pay any attention to because I've been over to pick up the tee. I never saw it go right. in. Right. Oh, you didn't see it go in. No, I did not no, know that. No. Who did? Or who notified All the guys you? with me, Tom okay. Farnham and a bunch of guys said, hey, it just went in. Yeah, and I right. immediately panicked. <laughs> How much is this How much cost will this cost what, me? What hole number was it? 14. So you're the, for the next four holes. <laughs> no, it's worse than that. I think we started on the back. So I had a long day oh, ahead no. of me worrying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite story of the week out of Washington, D.C. Wait, what's interesting to me about that is you said I'm in for 150. Yeah. And that must be a trait that you've carried with you your whole life, because it was just a couple of weeks ago. I think it was the night of Royce's, Royce's thing. Yep. You said, I got the first hundred bucks. Yep. So you always set a level before the drinking begins. What kind of protects you? On how much <laughs> you're going to spend. Not so cheap insurance. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, go ahead. My Even f- pays for the drinks that get dumped out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then he pays for the drink that he steals drinks from that belongs to somebody else. My favorite story out of Washington, D.C. The White House is canceling its subscriptions to the New York Times and the Washington Post. The White House is preparing to instruct federal agencies not to renew their subscriptions to the newspapers. Why do you think this is being done? Fake news. They are fake news, Joe. Nope. Nope. 
Well, of course, that's part of it. Right. Because Trump's um, critical of the two newspapers. Um, because they want to uh, recycle and preserve well, he's paper. Just trying to send a message. Of course. To him. But they, they, can't, they can't leave it at that. They, White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham describes the move as a cost-saving measure. Uh-huh. We're $22 uh-huh. trillion dollars in debt, yeah. but we're going to save some dough because we're not getting the Times or the Post anymore. Which is, what, 30 bucks a month or whatever? Uh, what, if that. I suppose I suppose every freeloader in the public class had a subscription. Sure. So it could be thousands of dollars That's a year. True, yeah. But it, it's not going to make much of a dent as a cost-saving. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. The balls they wow. have. Oh, God. They, it, sometimes it's just overwhelming. You know, tell them, hey, tell them it's a cost-saving measure. Does that sadden it. you as a newspaper guy? No. no. The newspapers are dead. There's nothing I can do about it. No, what's, what's, kind of there's nothing about this that saddens me. I'm, I'm amazed at the chutzpah. Tell them it's a cost-saving right. measure. Everybody in the world knows that's right. not why that's they're canceling stupid. the subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And the fact oh. that they're making it public knowledge. Well, of course. It's yeah. a grandstand. Right. Play. Right. Uh... It's unsure when the instructions will go out to the agencies. So we don't know when we'll start saving money. It'd be interesting to know how many copies of each the White House receives every day. Well, think of all the I mean, departments. Remember, remember our discussion about the government being incomprehensible? Yes. And I, every day I could do that. I could do that segment. The right. government is incomprehensible, including today where we learned that the Justice Department is yes. going to reopen an investigation to discover why the Russian probe began in the first place. It's incomprehensible. Mind-boggling. It's incomprehensible. I, I didn't understand that piece. And it's, we learned things like Ukraine has three or four undersecretaries in the State Department who— Ukraine— what do we got then for England? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it, never mind. I can't go there. It just drives me crazy. It's just it's just amazing. What, it, how wasteful everything. It's incomprehensible. Yeah. No, I'm. I shouldn't say it like that. Podcast GLers will think I'm not going to continue to pay attention. Of course I am, but I, it's just become terribly difficult to. Well, can we stay with the public class for a moment? Please okay. do. Did you read about this university law professor who? Uh, he hid six hundred grand from the IRS. Uh, his name is uh, Ed Edward S. Adams. He originally faced a much more serious fourteen-count indictment alleging he orchestrated a scam to embezzle millions from investors. In taking a plea deal, he pleaded guilty to one of those charges, a misdemeanor crime likely to result in no prison time. Adams joined the university's law school in nineteen ninety-two. He specializes in commercial and uh, bankruptcy law and corporate law. He still Ready? He's still a university employee, and he's been on paid leave since 2017. What? 2017? The public class wow. takes care of itself. Wow. They live in a parallel universe to the rest of us. So since 2017, he's been collecting his salary, which is $170,820 a year wow. as a law professor. What school? I missed it. University of Minnesota. Wow. According to the plea agreement, Adams underreported his federal income tax from 08 to 2010, including failing to report the sale of stock in 08, 09, and 2010 for a total of 596 grand. In an agreement with the IRS in 2015, he paid 118 grand in taxes owed on that income. Uh, the original indictment alleged Adams stole more than 4.38 million from investors and paid more than 2.54 million to his own law firm. So in addition to the running this scam of getting paid by you and me, he's, he's also in, he has a Practice. law firm. Okay, why would the University of Minnesota wow. continue to have him on the staff, particularly in the role of an attorney? Mm-hmm. Where the, the trust is violated. You, don't, you can't trust him anymore. Uh, did, we, did we learn anything in this story why uh, oh. he previously sued the Star Tribune for defamation? After the newspaper published a story about his business, although he has since dropped that suit, I don't understand. Oh, he has no prior criminal history, so he'll likely, you know, the, the only Slap thing he's facing hand. is a year in prison, a hundred grand in fines, and one year of supervised release. However, given Adams has no prior criminal history, he's likely to get a lesser sentence per Minnesota sentencing guidelines. Yeah, he'll get a fine. And there's nothing to be learned from this story. Who wrote the story? Uh, Andy Mannix. Uh, I don't. I'm, there's nothing to be learned here as to uh, why the university continues to have him on the payroll. At 170. Uh, I thought I read something about that. 
Is that like, from what I'm reading here, 170 to him is beer money. Yeah. Uh, the oh, in light of Adam's plea, here's here here we do learn something. In light of Adam, in light of Adam's plea, his status will be reviewed in accordance with the university policies and procedures. <laughs> but those policies and procedures, which are not available to the rest of us in America, have not only protected him but paid him for the last two years. And doesn't how seem long like... you think you'd last here? Oh God! If uh, it was discovered that you uh, you fudged uh, you you uh, withheld six hundred grand on your income taxes, and you allegedly were running uh, uh, scams with co- uh, with companies you created. How long do you think you'd last here? You think you think the Hubbard Corporation would say, "Well, let's just wait. We'll keep you on the payroll. Let's see how this plays out in the judicial system." You'd be kicked out of here so fast as you should be. My guess would be ten. Ten, nine, nine. eight, eight. <laughs> or any any company yes, for that yes. matter. Of course, this is. But this is. It, it, it's really been an amazing discovery uh, in Garage Logic uh, to discover that uh, there's an academic parallel rail. There's the public class parallel rail. There's the celebrity parallel rail. Mm-hmm. They lead lives that are completely unfamiliar. To the rest, Mr. Of and Mrs. America, mm-hmm. completely unfamiliar. The behavior of these characters in Washington D.C. is astonishing. They they are in their own universe, and they have nothing to do with the rest of us. Well, in case in point, a couple of weeks back, when all of those worlds collided with the academic scandal that involved the Hollywood elite, yeah, 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 which was the perfect you know recipe of of all of those worlds colliding. This story but, with Adams is so confusing. I, I don't get it. He. The original indictment says he stole more than $4.3 million from investors, mm-hmm. paid more than two point five four to his own law firm. Mm-hmm. He held several positions at Apollo Diamond and Apollo Diamond Gemstone. And then it, it gets really weird. Adams later persuaded shareholders to convert their Apollo stock into stock in a new company, Skyo Diamond mm-hmm. Technology, that he secretly controlled. Which how, is why I didn't read that part. How many... <laughs> Hundreds of math. millions do you need? I mean, what do you do? Why do you need all this money? Well, what are you doing? Everybody with it? wants money, but most of us go about it honestly. Right. He sounds like a wannabe petters or something. Mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. But I don't, maybe the guy's a saint. I doubt it. But what's all I'm interested in is why in the hell do you have him on your payroll as a law professor? Mm-hmm. He hasn't been teaching. No. And for, he's getting paid. For two and years. you, you taxpayers, us, we're paying it. Mm-hmm. It's an outrage. <laughs> Harumph. I'm trying to click on the original story from 2017, but the uh, I have to subscribe to the Pioneer Press. I just wanted to see what they said at the time if he was going to have any type of um, uh, probation period. Hey, it's underway. The RF Molar's 10th annual watch event is underway. It started yesterday. It runs through November 2nd. It travels between the three stores. It started in Highland Park in St. Paul yesterday. It will remain in the uh, St. Paul, Ford, and Cleveland store through the 26th, then downtown Minneapolis, October 29th and 30th. It ends at the Edina store, 50th in France, Halloween through November 2nd. This is a remarkable selection of watches. These aren't these watches you get at Walgreens that are nine ninety eight. Oh, no, no. I mean, mine. these are heirlooms. Yeah, yeah, these are these are the big deal. These are wonderful. This event features the widest in in store selection of the year of the most prestigious brands. During this event, they'll be paying the sales tax on almost every watch brand they carry. Plus, you'll get a free watch winder with the purchase of any new automatic watch, one hundred and seventy five dollar value. It's also the best opportunity of the year to trade in your watch toward a new watch. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, Gabaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoeller.com. There's a story coming up that I'm going to have to be really careful with, mm. considering our favorite, one among our favorite clients is EcoFund. Oh. But I'm, you know what? I have integrity. I have to do the story. Integrity. I have to do the story. Boy, now you've peaked. I'm not going anywhere. Well, you need to stay tuned. Stay tuned. You 
is a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sitting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Cicero. That's Kenny's theme. Two not necessarily unrelated stories that will require me to provide a link. I'm going to link a piece that was in yesterday's Star Tribune. In fact, I believe it was on the front page called Cargo Bikes Put Moms in Low-Carbon Lane. And I'm going to link that to Minneapolis city leaders getting ready to vote on their Minneapolis 2040 plan. Yeah. But let's go to the Cargo Bike Moms. Uh, get ready with the foghorn. Ready. Last spring, Amy, A-I-M-E-E. That's the first thing that set you off. I'm I'm disturbed with that. Last spring. That didn't even occur to me. (laughs) You see things that the rest of us don't. Got to watch the spelling. Uh, Last spring, Amy Whitman, Whitman bought an electric cargo bike. The fateful purchase, she says, changed her life. Uh, the f- she was a fervent cyclist in her younger years. Uh, the South Minneapolis mom found it increasingly difficult to find time to bike after having two daughters, now ages six and three. Plus, she has a full-time job, of course she would, leading the climate change program in the McKnight Foundation. Okay. Her busy life involved the frequent schleps here and there, usually in a car that was on its last legs. Let me stop right there. Amy, I congratulate you. I think you, in certain to a certain extent, you're putting your money where your mouth is as a climate change person Activist. At, the, at the McKnight Foundation sure. by riding a bike there. I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was it really necessary to tell me that your car was on its last legs? No, that's part of this. That's that's part of the propaganda process. I, I, that's my point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it, what it says is I, I'm so disdainful right. of the automobile right. that we just ran that thing into the ground. Well, you know what? If you had taken care of it and maintained it properly, uh, it wouldn't be on its last legs. Exactly. Was right. it like the Will Steger mobile? Oh, that yes. phony Willie, Willie, Willie. Fenders are shaking. Come on, Will. He's got plywood in the floor. Right. So he's <laughs> wobbling. Since May, Whitteman has biked about 1,000 miles around town on her surly, big, easy cargo bike with ample space for her kids. She's part, this is another part I'm going to break down for you and parse this. She's part of a growing movement of families, particularly moms, looking to curtail the drudgery of commuting and endless errand running, all the while minimizing their impact on the planet. Well, first of all, you're not minimizing anything. Uh, second, good for you. It's great exercise, and your kids appear to love it. But this this reporter, Janet Moore, I, who I do not know, she offers me no evidence that uh, Amy Whitteman is part of a growing movement. That that's That's a journalistic trick. Somebody working for the New York Times, I'll never forget this one. They probably had a friend in California who hung her laundry on the on the line outside right. so the times does a 12 piece 12 page piece about how that's a growing trend ah. now you had somebody in your rolodex who you went to college with you're shooting the breeze with her one day and she says i got to go hang up my la- uh, laundry on the line and the next thing you know it's a feature story about how she's saving the earth growing trend okay so i i have no evidence that moms hauling their kids around on on cargo bikes is a growing trend I'm not emitting carbon. I'm getting exercise. I put my earphones on when I'm on the bike trail, and I'm jamming to Beyonce, said Whitteman. Which I think is against the law. To jam? Uh, To have headphones on while you're riding a bike. (laughs) No. You're supposed to only have one one ear in. She says she's she's 42 years old. It's like an antidote to midlife crisis. It's my version of a Corvette. Well, that just makes me sad. Uh, It really is. That's (laughs) just sad and pathetic. (laughs) And the kids love it. Okay. She, the bike costs five grand. So, yeah, every mom can run out and just get a five right, grand sure. uh, electric assist cargo bike. Uh, and it gives her enough room to uh, pack the kids up and run errands to the grocery store, the park, the school, the bus stop, and work in downtown Minneapolis. The electric assist is available to help haul the food, I'm sorry, to help haul the load without getting sweaty or tuckered out. On Thursday, Twin City cargo bike enthusiasts... I didn't know we had that. We got a girl community. There's a community of cargo bike enthusiasts. Uh, Yesterday, they converged on the Riverview Theater in Minneapolis for a documentary called Motherload 
a labor of love for California-based filmmaker Liz Canning. The, crowd outs- the crowdsourced film details Canning's quest as a new mother to understand the increasing isolation and disconnection of the digital age, its planetary impact, and how cargo bikes could be an antidote. Boy, that would have had to be fun. That had to be a riot. crazy, crazy group. How huh? many, uh, how many of those uh, members you think are downloading the podcast every day? Zero. Yeah, that might be high, Joe. The film, which was funded and distributed in part by a fellow cargo bike enthusiast, comes at a time when sales of e-bikes are booming across the country, according to the Bicycle Product Suppliers Association, a Colorado-based trade organization. Get this: sales of e-bikes have tripled from forty-three million in twenty sixteen. To $143 million last year. All because wow. of GL. Thank All because you. of EcoFund. <laughs> uh, the group doesn't break out sales of cargo bikes. Uh, let me not read the whole thing to you, but cargo bikes, which originated in the Netherlands, well, of course they did. Yeah, they do it right over <laughs> of there. Of course they did. Uh, as a workhorse for food delivery, has have long been popular abroad. Well, of course they are, because Europe has it figured out. But they're starting to take hold in the United States, particularly in bike-friendly places like Portland and the Twin Cities. Whitteman uh, says Minneapolis' network of bike-only thoroughfares and dedicated bike lanes is key to making her cargo bike lifestyle work. Uh, There's an elephant in the room, by the way. Given that it's October 25th, it's called winter. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's what I. That, I can't stop thinking about that. In that five thousand dollars she spent on this bike, wouldn't it be better served to get you a pair, of, a set of wheels for this winter? Five will get you ten. They still have a family car. There's no mention of dad here. What do you anywhere. think? Do you think it's a Volvo? If it's a if Subaru, a, if it's a Volvo, then he's afraid of her. Right. <laughs> Volvos are driven by men who are afraid of their husbands, <laughs> afraid of their wives. I didn't Our know that. Oh, yeah, I made that one up. Oh, that's good. That's really no, good. No, I, I don't know where I read it. I, I think I agree with that. <laughs> but worse, there's no mention of a dad here. No, there's not. He probably didn't want to I, I, I'm it. not implying that there isn't one. Obviously, there was at some point. There's two children. Right. Well, I mean, maybe there still is, but there's dad's no fool. He's probably got a big pickup truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. He's got a follower. <laughs> and to her credit, she says she's never gotten hassled or yelled at on the you know nobody's nobody's honked their horn at her and said get out of my way or anything. But one thing, she's into this. But, Good for her. But one thing that she's that she's not taking into account is is safety. You're hauling. I mean, if you want to ride your bike on Pelham, that's great. Yeah. But when you're, you're hauling your kids in there too, is well, that forty I, maybe, below? Well, maybe she has routes that she feels are safe uh, for her children. I hope so. Yeah, mm. and they got the helmets on and the whole deal. Uh, oh, here it says she concedes the impending winter in Minnesota. Did I say Minnesota? Minnesota. You sure did. Thank Not you. sure where you're from. <laughs> Minnesota. Whitman concedes the impending winter in Minnesota may prove to be a challenge. Really particularly since road salt could erode her beloved two-wheeled commuter. I'll have to see if it's double. No, I'll have to see if it's doable, she said, but she's going to give it a try. Why not? First of all. Wait, the salt is going to deteriorate with the wheels? She's worried about well, salt. It's, it's I'd be worried steel. about more than that. I'd be worried about my kids. Yeah. I'm bundle those little brats up and put them on the back of that bike when it's windy and blowing and cold. It yeah. says here that according to the AAA, the average cost to own a car is $9,282 a year or $773.50 a month. I don't buy that. But it's the AAA. I mean, they're they're credible. Yeah. What? So, how could that be? What would they, what, how would those you're, costs Well, you're counting down? insurance. Okay. Gas. Yep. Maintenance. Yep. Uh, and then I, if you have a car payment... My car payment is under, it's right around 4000 a year. And, uh, well, what if tank of gas, it? tank of gas costs me 80 bucks. A once, wow. once a week? Full tank, yeah. Okay, what's week. 52 times 80? Hold on. 4160 Well, now you're so, up to eight grand. So now I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm approaching that figure. So actually. now you got another $1,282 that you'll spend oil for change, oil changes, changes and maintenance yeah. and tire repairs. Yeah. And, okay. Oh, and you haven't factored in your insurance. Oh, my God. Yeah. Insurance. Oh, it is yeah. insurance. <laughs> so that, optional. That figure is correct. That figure's correct. For me. Yeah. 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 It's not correct for me. Well, that's think. your That's your problem. You're a little less? Yeah. Well, you got to. But I don't drive to you know North Dakota every week like he does. Sure, you're on your e-bike going down to Lund. You got to figure in detailing like scratches and stuff like that. But then you figure that uh, I also own the crap can my wife drives, 
Rusty. No, what's it called? Trixie. 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 She's in a minivan now. Trixie. Sits Trixie. On Trixie was on its last leg. Trixie's yeah. uh, sitting on the street waiting. Why don't you for... get your wife a get Deb a cargo bike? <laughs> she would, I think that would be the final straw. Give me a little wave. Hey, we'll see you when you get home. She well, I don't punch know. Punch me right in the bread basket. I don't know if there's a growing movement of moms hauling their kids around on an electric assist cargo electric assist cargo bike. I've but if you're going to buy into this, here we go. If you're going to buy into this. You go out and talk to Tim Bloom at EcoFund Motorsports because <laughs> he'll set you up. If anybody can get you, that's right. If anybody can get you into an electric assist cargo bike, it would be EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Is today Friday? Yes, yes it is. Get up there tomorrow. They're having a, La- a Yamaha Let's Ride Barbecue and Demo event from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. That's the last event of this year. They'll be showcasing the new 2020 Yamaha snowmobiles, demo rides on the new 2020 Yamaha ATVs and side-by-sides, as well as full demo on all electric bikes and scooters in stock. And seriously, if you are considering an e-bike, I've never found more knowledgeable people than the uh, than Tim Bloom and his daughter. Right. His teenage daughter is, get, flies around the country learning about these things. Yeah, she knew everything. She told me how to, uh, remember when I hopped onto that Grunhofer's? Both bikes. Yep. But here's the best part about tomorrow, too. What? Not only the bikes, but it's going uh, to be all Grunhofer food. Because mm-hmm. oh. Grunhofer's five miles the other way on Highway 61. It would be great uh, if they could have those Philly cheese. It's a Philly cheesesteak, brats, oh! and hot dogs. Wow. Lowest prices of the year on all products. New electric bikes for grandkids as young as three years old now in stock. I've got to get out and see one of those. And uh, But that big event is tomorrow, the big uh, barbecue and the Yamaha demo. It's going to be fun. Uh, the weather's supposed to be great. It's EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, right on Highway 61. You could do a triple whammy tomorrow. Do you know that? You go could, to EcoFun. Yeah. You could go if to, you're going to go to EcoFun, you got to go to the Grund. you got to go to Grundhoffers. And then the Minnesotan has got their all-day event right, they do. in White Bear Lake, right they off do. of 61. i got to get a Lake Calhoun shirt. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do I before they're banned. Yeah, they're banned. And then wear it proudly. Yes. You know, there are businesses that are entirely bicycle-based that have nothing to do with bicycles. Peace Coffee, I think, was the first one. And I see them every day. I saw one this morning on the Franklin Bridge where they're driving one of these cargo bikes, uh, pulling a trailer, and they deliver beans around town, from what I understand. There's a couple of guys in South Minneapolis that not only have the cargo bike, but they also pull a trailer. And on the trailer, they have, like scaffolding and ladders and what? paint cans. And okay. They're doing home repair from a bicycle. Okay. More power to them. Well, but chances are they don't have families. They don't have the responsibility of children. And for a lot of small businesses, I would imagine uh, an e-bike would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, suits. If you're delivering coffee in a, within a six-mile radius or something. You're... You're currently, or you did recently have some painting done at your house. Now, what if those guys all of a sudden realize they're running short on something they need, be it paint, brush, sundries? Mm -hmm. Are you going to wait for them to get on their bike, drive all the way to Menards or Home Depot? No, they each had (laughs) giant pickup trucks. Well, yeah, Yeah. so i got to run to Menards. I'll be back in 10 minutes. That's how the real world and adults work. No, actually, they're going to run to Fratelloni's. Well, yeah. My point is, you don't want to wait for two hours while he goes and picks up a paint stirrer. And and I want to know this, too, and and God forbid this would ever happen. But let's say one of Amy's kids gets violently ill and needs to immediately be taken to an emergency room. Are you going to get on your bleeping bike, Mom? No, of course you're not. You're going to get the kid there as fast as possible. And, Mom, you're not going to Target and haul home five bags. Who are you kidding? She is... She is projecting a lifestyle of aspiration. Yeah. She is projecting a lifestyle of fancifulness. And in in there are certain ways she can get away with it, and it's fun, and she gets exercise. But don't don't pretend that you are reinventing transportation. You're, You're not. Not with your two kids. Maybe if it was just you. You could pretend you're reinventing transportation, but if those kids need something, and you're, I'm sure she's a very good mother, uh, they're going to get it immediately. They're going to get it immediately. They're not going to get on the bike and go to the hospital. Right. And whether and if you got to bring home a new microwave, are you going to bring it home on the bike? 
Oh, I forgot to post that video. Oh, my God, you have to. We right have away. video of Such trying to run the microwave. It's fantastic. Oh, no. He had, uh, he had some problems. There. Well, the it was a complicated device that the mayor no, was trying to I had a little trouble with it. But as for this piece, and I don't know if Janet Moore is part of the movement or not. She's the, the lady that wrote it. She's a good ri- a writer. But I'm calling it propaganda. And, of course it is. And to back it up, she's using great words like frequent schleps. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not emitting carbon. Right. And, and and these other key little phrases that kind of paint the picture that this is the way we want to live our lives right. and people that drive cars are pigs. I will link this now to the Minneapolis 2040 plan when at last we return. Fulfill my linking obligation. is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Jack's Cafe is a legend in Northeast Minneapolis. It is three generations. The Kozlak family does a wonderful job. Billy's in charge right now. I went to school with Billy Kozlak. He has a great staff, and he understands that people, when they're paying for a delicious meal and a great night out, will keep coming back. People have been coming back to Jack's Cafe for decades and decades. And this is no exception. This week, I know Halloween's just around the corner. Why don't you celebrate with your bride or with your guy and check out the Rookie Date Night VIP menu. Ask for it when you make your reservations and sit down at Jack's. It's $99 per couple. You get a free bottle of wine, and you can choose from several different courses. There's four On courses. Halloween, is it a frightening menu? Very spooky menu. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fantastic and consistent. There's no Dracula that will come and serve your food. Jack's Cafe, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. If you are planning your business uh, a meeting get-together, or if you're planning maybe a huge Christmas party, a holiday party, Call Jack's Cafe. 25 to 300 people. Great rooms available. Here's the number. 612-789-7297. They're in Northeast Minneapolis, 1920 University Avenue Northeast, right at 19th. And they will take care of you. Tell them that the rookie sent you. You heard it on the Garage Logic podcast. It's jackscafe.com. J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. And if you go, I want you to send me an email and tell me about your great experience at Jack's Cafe. And Monday, by the way. We'll be live That's uh, right. doing sports talk at 3 o'clock. Normally they're not open, but they're going to open for the recording of the uh, Monday Night Sports Talk podcast. Doors open at 2.30, 3 o'clock showtime. Re- email Reavers, Reavers R-E-U-V-E-R-S, at garagelogic.com. It's filling. It's almost full, mm-hmm. so uh, we don't have a lot of space left. John and I are going to go down there just so we can watch Roycey work the room. Oh, There's nothing better than oh, Roycey no. at an appearance. <laughs> yes. Let's link the, car, uh, the cargo bike mom. To the uh, Minneapolis city leaders uh, preparing to vote on the 2040 plan. Are you aware of the 2040 plan? Yes. Uh, it's 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 essentially. It occurs to me that uh, that this Amy Whitteman uh, is a perfect constituent uh, to buy into the 2040 plan. Uh, what she's 42. She'll only be 62 years old. She'll still be an active mom, and and uh, and she. It, all the indications would seem based on the cargo bike story. That she'd be she'd be on board with the 2040 plan, which is essentially the reinvention of the way we live, because this has come from the salon, and these are elected and unelected officials who are going to change zoning laws, most principally uh, to make uh, the private home ownership will become more difficult. Uh, no, that's the wrong way to say it. Single, Single. family homes will become less available under the 2040 plan because the visionaries, many of whom are unelected, uh, they want they want density. They don't want uh, large properties, single-family homes. They want you on a cargo bike. Uh, I don't think this is hyperbole. They want you walking or on a cargo bike. They, uh, they want you stacked up in apartment buildings mm-hmm. where they can keep an eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the plan's main goal is to allow for more ho- housing options, especially in areas with access to mass transit, employment, and other services. Uh, the the main change the plan calls for is bringing an end to single-family zoning restrictions. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you you live uh, in Minneapolis now, uh, like Kenny, you live in a, a single-family home in, in South Minneapolis. Yeah. And uh, under this plan, 
there'll be nothing to prevent uh, a Soviet-style concrete apartment complex from going up across the street. Right. right. And the, because the, that's the way we want to that's we're being told this is how we're going to live. Now this is getting more interesting because under the guise of climate change, you are seeing how what these people really are trying to affect and that is the control over your life and how you will live. The car I I don't think it's far-fetched to say the car will be gone from Minneapolis in 2040. They want it gone tomorrow. It seems like that's their final goal. Right. And and they're already putting in these high rises all over South Minneapolis. And by high rises, I mean four stories with parking ramps. Right. And and they're just hideous. They're they're ruining our neighborhoods. But but. But you don't you don't seem to have been indoctrinated carefully enough. No, because I see what they're doing to our neighborhoods, and it's really irritating, and, and it, it just makes everything so crowded and miserable and busy. It's just awful. But you can see how how this might be appealing to the likes of people who pretend that a cargo bike is their main form of transportation. Sure, right. if you don't right. have a car or a family, yeah. you, you know. Well, and she has a family. She's got the kids. You're young, and you're not thinking about your future, and you're not thinking about buying a home and forcing the equity. And, and you don't care and, about winter. And making a profit on that home in 10, 20 years and, and moving. And they're like you said, they're cha- trying to change the American dream. The 2040 plan is merely uh, the whimsy of those who get together in the salon and continue to dream up ways to affect your behavior. Uh, can't sell menthol cigarettes. Uh, you know, you, you know you, we've done the list of stuff. Oh, yeah. remember we had the guy on from, uh, he had to have fresh produce that yeah. he ended up throwing oh, away. Right. It's costing him money. But that those rulings come from the salon, and their main ruling, their, their grand plan, is to completely reinvent the American lifestyle. Mm-hmm. By the year. By the year 2040. 40, yeah. And... Uh, you know, GLers aren't buying it, uh, which is why I'm linking it to the cargo bike mom. Uh, again, I, for all I know, she might be opposed to it. It seems unlikely. It seems that she embraces the sustainable urban lifestyle. Again, pretending that a bicycle is her main form of transportation, uh, and it won't be if her kids need help or, or she has to go bring home a sheet of plywood and you know, you know a refrigerator or bed or whatever. Uh, but it seems to me that she she would. She would find it uh, appealing to uh, have a uh, to have her city leaders coming up with a plan to make the city more city like. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that makes a city more city like than getting rid of neighborhoods with single family homes. You saw some disdain for the uh, single family homes when the uh, that smart ass from the park board was ripping the people who lived around Lake Calhoun, <laughs> paying, his salary. paying his salary. Wow. And you see that the salon, see, we've turned, the, we've turned politics over to the, to the crowd that wants to bring this about. Yeah. And I keep giving my speech to all the 45-year-olds in St. Paul, and I can't get anybody to run. Uh, that's, that's an aside. My what, about po- the, what about the one uh, no vote? Is, is this person on the council going to get... Um, Thrown out of the group. There was one oh, no vote. It was not unanimous. Without a doubt. Shouted down. No, Jane Prince and Shuffled uh, out. Busari uh, both voted no on a property tax levy increase. Uh, uh, I've written about her and talked to her about it. <laughs> no, I mean on the 2040 plan. What about it? There was one no vote. <clears throat> oh, there wa- they haven't voted yet. I, I thought I saw yesterday that they uh, on the news that there was one they no vote. They vote today. Oh, okay. They vote today. Or maybe that that's we saw one person that was going to going to going, vote no. Going to vote no. But make no mistake about this. What what this is is, is the reimagining of American life. It's the reimagining of uh, you know what what's to follow in the future. Uh, I don't know limits on the number of kids you can have. I mean we're we're just headed in the wrong direction L- here. Let me ask you three a question because I for the longest time I always wanted to live downtown. When I was, you know, in, in high school and in college, I always wanted to live downtown Minneapolis. Boy, I don't but, know where that came from. You well, grew up on a farm I, for Pete's sake. I think that that was part of it. I, it just always appealed to me because yeah. of of a various various amount of things. But I finally made the decision. I, I I don't want anything to do with this. What 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 will cause you three to not live in the city? Well, you know what my goal is is to, to go back to the farm, right? And, 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 for me, the great debate is why why don't I live in the suburbs? And and I just don't like the suburbs. I don't like everything so far away, and you people drive like you're insane. And <laughs> it's just it's just a personal. You want to know preference. my biggest fear? It's a Seriously? personal preference for me to live in South Minneapolis. I'm a bit stuck where I am. Uh, 
the CP ain't leaving. Sure. It's too perfectly set up for all her little kids that run around there. Right. All right. And my little kids. But my, my serious fear is I'm going to end up being, let's say I live another 15 years. Boy, I hope so. Yeah. I, I, my fear is I'm going to be house poor. You know what that term means? <laughs> Boy, do I. It's it, it, it'll take everything I've done to yeah. remain living there. Right. Yeah. To be able to afford it. Yeah. Wow. You end up with a reverse mortgage just to stay there another couple of years. So I'm really working the CP hard to try to get her to understand that. But it's going in one ear and right out the other. Say, How's that working it's not out? working out. Because I'd leave today. I'd sell today. Chris, there was a piece. And I, loved, I love my location. Well, St. Paul used to be a great I city. Love, it still is. There are still wonderful neighborhoods. I, I love the convenience of living in the city. You're up there on Central, right? On Maine. Uh, by the way, this the vote was today. It was 10 to 1. And the sole vote against was Linneo, Lin, Linnea Palmazano, whose ward in the affluent southwest of the city has seen the most pushback against the Of plan. course they be. Go. Well, can you imagine those lovely homes? There? You're talking I, the Parkway and Lake Harriet, right, Lake Calhoun. Yeah. Well, even, Joe, the area west of Harriet and south of Harriet it's not necessarily over affluent. I mean, there's no, a lot of no. homes over there like mine, you yeah. know, post-World War II, some yeah. tidy, tidy little homes. Yep. Uh, but I was going to tell you, Reavers, there was a piece in last week's Star Tribune, I think it might have been in the business section, about this new efficiency apartment building going up in downtown Minneapolis where they're renting these efficiencies, no bedrooms, for 12 a month, 1,200 or more a month. This place, this new building... 20 parking spots. Well, I 20 did, parking correct spots. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I also read about the development of an apartment building in downtown that will not provide parking. And that's amazing to me that people are willing to pay that much to somebody else and they'll never get that money back. No. At least when you buy a single family home, the goal is someday if you can if you can force that appreciation you make your money back, and that's going to help you in retirement. Or you use it as a stepping stone to the next piece of real estate. You know, and you know what we're seeing? I'm glad you mentioned that. What we're seeing, too, is we were talking about this before the show, how people just really don't want to work anymore. But now what are you seeing here? Not only do people not want to work, they don't want to maintain or do anything on their own property. Yeah. I'd rather live in a condo building. They would rather building. pay somebody. Like, you and I are landlords. And that's fine. I, I, I'll take your rent check. Yep. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Because I, I'm, <laughs> you're paying my mortgage, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make money down the road when mm-hmm. I sell this dump. Let's get back to the... Uh, yeah. We got all 2040. 2040 plan as it relates to cargo bike moms. They're, they fit They fit hand in glove. It's... the You... you uh, She's 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 ground zero at her age, forty two years old, uh, and believing that a bike is the answer to her transportation needs. She's ground. She's she's the target constituent uh, that city leaders are counting on uh, to to support and buy into the twenty forty plan, which is nothing more than uh, the signaling of their own virtues that they believe that their virtue uh, trumps the American lifestyle, mm-hmm. and they would prefer to. Uh, to scale back that lifestyle and the, in the incorrect belief uh, or the false assumption that it's somehow harming Mother Earth, which it which it is not, and by 2040, that's what they envision their their own utopia of uh, what sounds to me like a dreadful dreadful situation. People stacked up together and and walking and and uh, uh, although the the electric assist bikes from EcoFun would be a good part of sure, it, sure, right? But right. other than that, I right. Don't. So I'm on the Minneapolis 2040 plan, and sure enough, like Matt said, on, uh, today the city council adopted this resolution, but uh, they really paint a beautiful utopia for yeah. Minneapolis. Right. And there is no mention at all of crime or anything like that. There's a number of headlines here. Number one, eliminate disparities. Uh, we're going to see all communities fully thrive regardless of race, ethnicity, so on and so on. More residents and jobs, affordable, accessible housing, living wage jobs, healthy, safe, connected people, high quality physical environment, history and culture, creative cultural and natural amenities, 
complete neighborhoods, climate change resilience, clean environment, healthy, sustainable, diverse economy, proactive, accessible, and sustainable government, and finally, equitable civic participation in the system. No mention of what they're going to do over north on the north Uh, side. and, And forget about filling a pothole. Right. Chris, uh, you went to the uh, Vikings game last night. I did. Uh, why don't you tell us of your experience? Uh, ride, you, you parked at Hubbard, hopped on light rail. I imagine you bought a ticket. Yes. And you took light rail down to, uh, well, I, I'm not being facetious. You might have been the only one on the train who bought a ticket. And then you went to the ball game and you took light rail back here to get your car. Why don't you tell us of your experience returning on light rail as it, as it might relate to the 2040 plan. So when uh, you'll have even more and thicker, densely stacked people. I can't wait to hear it. The beer show crew. We did the show. We got done at seven. The four of us hopped on the train. Uh, We went to the game coming back, maybe around 11 o'clock. I'm Mm going to guess. Cause Mm -hmm. that's, we, we left, we actually left a couple minutes before the game was over. And, uh, I saw some things on that light rail. Um, was she crowded? Oh, yeah. Well, the the platform, here's the key if you're ever leaving the Vikings game, go to the platform east of the stadium. Right. Because otherwise you just, crowd. you just sit there and wait for a train after train after train. Oh. So oh. I, I got on the green line to come back here to get my car and go home, and there were a couple of fellas, uh, I would guess late teen, mid to late teenage years, and they were casing up and down the aisle, up and down the aisle. Just, just on board the train. On board the train. As you think they had a ticket? God, no. All so right. you, by casing, you mean just looking everybody up and down, yep. trying to looking see. For a, looking for a who, victim? Who's an easy mark? Yep, easily. And uh, I, I called one of them out when I saw there was a, a couple, I would guess in their 50s, in their Viking gear. I could tell they were at the game. Yeah. Prob- they Did probably they look like rubes Paul. from uh, up country? No, they were. I'm guessing they were St. Paul residents because uh-huh. okay. they were. You know, they were on the same train I was. Okay, heading heading back to St. Paul, and uh, I, I I told the young man because he reached for the guy's pocket because he had his back to me and to this guy, mm-hmm. and I saw him reach for his pocket. and I just said, "Don't don't do that. I'm watching what you're doing." <laughs> and then of course he turned to me and called me every name in the book, mm-hmm. and. Um, you're uh, just to, if you haven't met Chris, he's taller than the Jolly Green Giant. He's he's got a dad body going, but he's got about a six foot reach on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it, a dad body. <laughs> well, he's, he's one of us yeah, now, Sue. Yeah. And he's hundred percent. He, right. He's one of us, but he's got um, these big, big slabs of meat for hands, and he's got super arm longs, but but uh, uh, arms. But uh, off the air, you were telling us this, and what I find interesting is. If, uh, uh, relate this to your understanding of crime statistics. Well, here's what here's what astounded. So there was two kids. The one freaked out and got off the train at the next stop. But the other well, one stayed on. Without getting into details, you brought the situation to a peaceful resolution. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then two metro, tra- I'm, I'm assuming metro transit uniformed, uh, yeah. are they cops? Do we yeah. call them cops? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Transit, transit police. police. So they got on nope. and they because they're looking for tickets. And, and I could tell they had a long night because we, we, we were chatting about kind of what had happened. But and and I'm not citing them by the way for them not re- reporting this or whatever. But it it made me think, crime statistics are absolutely worthless. Well, and let me point out why. If you hadn't been on the train where you were, that fellow and his wife sitting there in their Viking costumes, he would have gotten up uh, ten minutes later and realized where's my, my wallet or my phone. Where's my phone? Yep. Yeah, and that's not going reported. No. Yeah. And he would have thought, oh man, did I leave it at the game? And he mm-hmm. would have had he would have had no idea that this kid just picked it from him. It seems to me uh, that you have a, a certain element of such moral and ethical decline that I would imagine there are feral youth who uh, uh, say, hey, there's a Viking game Thursday night. Let's go yeah. to work. Let's go to work. Yes, go make some money. Yeah, and it, and that's the shame of it because. The intention of that thing, the light rail I'm talking now, was it, it was a good idea, and it is. I mean, it, it's it, become an entitlement program. But it's also it's it's creating nothing but problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a magnet for that kind of activity. That's the Metro Transit, the, the scanner channel. I also turned that off when I used to listen to the scanner because it's nonstop. Those guys rushing from stop to stop. Um, but y- you should know if you're coming into town for an event. 
and you're going to hop on one of these trains. These kids work in groups of two to three or more, and usually what happens is one guy, the biggest guy, will bear hug their potential victim from behind. They'll come up behind you and wrap their arms around you, and you literally can't move. And then the other ones go to work removing items from your clothing and jacket. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, you know, you might get punched a couple times, and then they turn you loose. And that's the shame, because I was telling you guys, too, the shame of it is with the crime, you know, whether it's Fry or Carter or whoever, they can cite these crime stats. They're utterly meaningless. They're absolutely meaningless. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, I'm never going on light rail again unless Reavers is with me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Say, uh, something else just occurred to me based on an emailer. How can there be a 2040 plan? We only got 10 years. That's true. <laughs> or 12. <laughs> I, I thought we had 12. What the hell? How can there be a 2040? The loons get 60. We're out of here. Right. We're out of here by 32. We're not around in 2040. Right. You don't have to worry about <laughs> And, and Philip writes, Mayor, if in 10 years mankind will be unable to do anything about climate change, what makes people think mankind has control over the climate now? Isn't that an interesting thought? I didn't even think of that. It's an interesting we thought. We only got 12 years Rock. left. Yo. Go to the dictionary. Talk to me. Go to, tell me when you're ready so I can tell I'm you the word. Google. I meant to do it before. Just type D-I-C. You'll get, you'll get a dictionary. There we go. D-I-C. I'll stop there. You yeah. ready? Yeah. Yep. E S E S C H C H A T A T O L O L O G Y O G Y Eschatology Eschatology I want to know what it means Eschatology I meant to look it up I don't believe I've ever used the word The study of escalators Eschatology You got to get me a laptop No definitions found for this word Did you spell it right I sure did Spell it again E S E S Kenny, look it up. E S C H A T A T O L O G Y O G Y. I'm going to dictionary.com. Yep. Is a part of the theology concerned with the final events of history or the ultimate destiny of humanity. This concept is commonly referred to as the end of the world or end times. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. With regard to the zoologist and former adjunct professor Susan Crockford that you mentioned on yesterday's podcast, I believe there is a very simple reason why she was canceled. We know the religion of climate change is complete with its own high priests, saint-like figures, and, of course, heretics. It is dominated by eschatology, and its major tenets are sacrifice, confession, and repentance. However, there is room for neither mercy nor forgiveness nor redemption. By daring to suggest that there may indeed be a light at the end of the tunnel, Dr. Crockford was guilty of blasphemy and therefore had to be destroyed. This is a darkness. Good luck and keep pushing back, Matt. P.S. Is this part of something larger and more mysterious? You absolutely better know it, sir. It absolutely is something uh, part of something larger and more mysterious, which we have called the mystery, and that is the elimination of uh, the United States as you know it. As you know it. I got it. Any system of doctrines concerning last or final matters as death, the judgment, the future state, etc. The branch of theology dealing with such matters. Let me ask you something. I got it. Let me ask you something. Go. Look up another one. What do you want? Spell uh, it. Did you realize that he gave us that about five minutes ago? He was focused. Or were you too focused trying to find Laser. Reavers did? Yeah. I did not hear that. You missed that part. I was really. My my little fat fingers were feverishly trying to. Mr. President. Eschatology. Honesty. The study of escalators. Remember, this is the laptop you used to have in the studio. Well, they were going to toss it. (laughs) They were going to toss it. I said, let me have something. Joe, this this is the same one you used to have. This 2040 thing is already in effect. I mean, in South Minneapolis, they're already building towards this goal. Right. Well, they better hurry up because you ain't going to make it to 2040. We got 10 years. That's right. We're on about the fifth 10-year warning. What happens in 2040? Supposedly, all these things will be in place. I think it's by 2040, you will uh, have an unrecognizable urban landscape. It's utopia, (laughs) Matt. What does that have to do then? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's heaven on earth. What will we worry about then? What will will our problem be? There won't be any There won't be any problems. You'll be issued your yellow jumpsuit. The government. And you'll meet in the park for calisthenics. They're here to take care of you. Get on the train. 
throw and get your ass kicked. <laughs> uh-huh. Take you up to the re-education camp. What about the... What was Who it? was the train driver? Buddy. 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 <laughs> the train driver? Yeah, well, we had a... We had a character from the train was on its... Oh. Being Buddy. built. Being built. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy the train. Why don't we take a break and we're going to come back and talk about something that just I couldn't get it out of my system till I learned all about it. And you're going to hear about it whether you want to or not. Oh, I can't. Uh, no, Rook. No. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. <laughs> you guys know what amber gris is. Ambergris. Don't look it up. Do you want me to look it up? No. Ambergris. Yeah, she was our receptionist. It's a, yeah, it's a waxy thing from... No idea. ...that whales excrete. What? What? How do you know that? Are you serious? You You just got that? How do you know that? You're not that smart, dummy. You. Don't you guys read books? But none of you read... Oh, yeah. The whale came early and uh, had a bunch of ambergris on him. I don't know if it's used for anything, but... Let me get to it. All right. You just totally just, ruined... This his balloon has been deflated. It was ready to go. Sometimes I look at the tabloids. Well, sometimes I... I well, it threw me because I've always heard it referred to as grease, amber grease. Okay, Kenny. I'm sorry. Kenny's doing the story hey, will you, now. Will you, yeah, hand it to Kenny. Let you, him uh, tell you the story. You call it whatever you want, Kenny. I'm sorry, Joe. A broke fisherman has gotten rich after spotting a vast lump of whale vomit worth a quarter of a million dollars. Jumrus Taichat, 55, discovered the 14-pound piece of ambergris while he was walking along the beach in southern Thailand earlier this year. It, it looks like a, a cookie that Grandma makes right. on, uh, on Christmas. I have a lot of questions. The fisherman, unsure of what it was, kept it in his shed and carried on working. Earning around 400 baht a day. So it was like Kenny having the scat. Can I read the story? Do you want to learn something <laughs> yeah. for a change? Yeah. You want to learn something like for a change? I do, I Grizzly do. poop I have on the shelf. <laughs> so at this point, that's all the farther I needed to read. And I said, well, I have to complete this because I want to know why would whale vomit be valuable? There you go. See? Nate's sense of curiosity. Uh, Jumrus asked neighbors to help him check the substance, and they cut slices off, but told him their tests had not been successful. Uh, what do you? What the hell is that? Officials, officials, <laughs> officials from the local government finally visited the fisherman at his home, and they confirmed that the waxy lump was genuine whale vomit. Jumrus's prize catch, discovered in Koh Samui of Suratanai, could be worth as much as three hundred and twenty thousand dollars based on the previous sale prices of ambergris. I still don't know what it's for, so I had to keep reading. Okay. Mm-hmm. The cash-strapped fisherman said that he had been waiting for almost a year before he contacted authorities. He said, three of my neighbors came after my nephew told the villagers that I found a whale vomit. See, the people started showing up. Oh, it's there. like the pearl. They asked for a slice and said they will run some checks, uh, but they the test didn't show anything. I needed to know the truth, so that's why I contacted the authorities. Now I know it's real... Now that I know it's real whale vomit, I will sell it. Ambergris is a solid, flammable substance, usually gray or black in color, produced in the digestive system of sperm whales. It can often be found floating on the sea or washed up on the coast after it has oxidized, becoming hard. The vomit initially has a marine, stinky odor, but goes on to acquire a sweet, earthly scent as it ages. Ambergris was used by the ancient Egyptians as incense. While in modern Egypt, it's used for scenting cigarettes. Perfume makers such as Chanel have for centuries used the floating gold to make fragrances last and help them bind to the skin. Surat Thani Province Governor Wichwath Jinto. (laughs) Good job. Wichwath Jinto arrived with specialists and they confirmed that the chunk contained more than 80% of ambergris. Wichwath said they are now advising Jumrus on what he should... uh, do uh, next to get the best price for his lucky find. Uh, Amber gris is produced by sperm whales when their bile ducts in the gastrointestinal tract make secretions to ease the passage or of large or sharp objects. The whale then vomits the mucilage, which solidifies and has a foul smell. However, after the mucilage dries out, the chunk will start to smell good which makes it a sought-after ingredient in the perfume fragrance industry because of its good, long-lasting smell. 
In April of 2016, a 1.57-kilogram ambergris ball found in Lancashire sold for 50,000 pounds, while in November of the same year, three Omani fishermen found 80 kilograms of ambergris and sold it for $2.3 million. So Imbu Jakar had to keep running out to the shed every day, take Checking a whiff on. to Checking see on. if it's perfume like yet. Also in 2016, Alan Derrick and his son flogged a smelly, rubbery rock they found on Morecambe Beach in the Western Supermare Somerset. And they got 65 grand for that. You know where I first heard about this? A Winter's Tale. Have you ever read, do you read Shakespeare? Uh, no. Oh, I have. I do not. That's this uh, this reminds me actually of a, a film I was watching a couple of weeks ago, Joe Dirt, um, <laughs> where he discovered a giant blue gemstone that really? he thought was going to be worth a lot of money. He brought it to town not only to realize that it was airplane waste <laughs> yeah. that fell really? from the skies. Yes. Really? Blue, blue ice. Blue ice. Blue Joe ice. Dirt, huh? Joe Dirt. Is that really a movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> David Spade. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've never heard of it. He was very disappointed. <laughs> Say, you can have a big Saturday tomorrow. Big Saturday tomorrow on your way to uh, EcoFund Motorsports. You could start uh, at Grunhofer's, right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo and load up for the weekend and the coming week. Grunhofer's old-fashioned meat market, the GLer's favorite, 130 different brat flavors, but also every type of meat you can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's a meat bazaar, it's including smoked salmon. Grilling weekend. Yes. Yeah, it really is. And uh, thick-cut bacon, or cut any thickness you wish, ham, steaks, rookie burgers, ribeye burgers, uh, fabulous stuff. All the quality's been fabulous. Uh, the jerky doesn't make it out of the parking lot for most people. No. They start gnawing on it, and the next thing you know, it's gone. they got to go in and get some more. Right, it's got to turn around and go back. Sometimes I... Kenny stabs a whole ham and gnaws on <laughs> it. <laughs> The size of a big chunk of ambergris. I just eat it off the blade of my knife, which, by the way, has never been cleaned except for on my pant leg. Hickory smoked salmon, hickory smoked salmon, pastrami made in house, beef briskets, and beef tri-tip roasts. Honest to Pete, you will not be disappointed. Uh, It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it because they have the big GL flashing sign out front right on Highway. Now, remember, if you do uh, go to Grunhofer's, you probably don't have to buy those Philly cheesesteak brats tomorrow because they're serving them They're going to be right up the street at Eagle Right up the street. You'll eat them right away. Boom. That's a good point. Uh, Say, uh, off-site correspondent Jordy notes that USA Today had a big piece today on the big one, meaning an earthquake in California, because there is a fault capable of an 8.0 earthquake. It's moving for the first time. Oh, boy. And... uh, uh, Jordy can wrap it all up by saying, renaming it Trump's fault should fix everything. <laughs> boom, boom. Trump's fault. Trump's fault. Uh, don't tell me you don't learn anything here. That's right. right. You'll you'll never forget what ambergris is. Never. And I hope I and find some. If you see it in a crossword puzzle now, you'll be able to do it. Ambergris. Ambergris. So yeah. if I find that, that's that's like finding the, uh, finding the painting in the garage it's sale. It's like finding liquid well, gold. Well, you're not going to trip over it walking down. The key column. is you got to pick right. up every every single piece of poop you find and give it a good... <laughs> give it a, I need to go to the ocean, though, for this. Oh, give it a good whiff. Got it. I've spent considerable time on beaches. You I've never seen any? this stuff. I don't think you're going out far enough. No, it washes up. <laughs> right on shore. Well, then you got to get up early because the amber grease... Guys are already walking the beach. That's true. Like the good shells on Marco Island. You think they're out there looking for shells. They're looking for amber grease. Probably. That's what I'm going to say next time. Uh, Hey, speaking of uh, going to the Vikings game yesterday, it was the beer show crowd. Uh, Kenny, I... I hate to inform you. Oh, yeah. Did you float my idea? I, I did. Uh, uh, to Mike the, Rataloni? The, what, what do you call it? The Knack Hardware and Lounge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic idea. He thinks it's a great idea. He'll yeah. trade you straight up for your farm, he said. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's an awful He's idea. Looking, Mike's looking how to finance. Turn, turns right. out it's a pretty bad idea. Right. Yeah. It's definitely not my bad idea. <laughs> but think about it. You could make it a functioning business that could be self-sustainable. It's more than just a studio where we can get away from the rat bastards at work in this building. It's a place where he could sell seasonal items. There you go. Mowers in the summer. An observation, an observation apropos of absolutely nothing. I had some errands on Grand Avenue in St. Paul yesterday. Mm -hmm. Every single store I walked by said, help wanted. Every single one. I'm noticing that ever since you brought it up, I am noticing that a lot too. They're, you know, these kids you ran into on light rail that were oh. up to no good, they could get a job. But that would require work. You, you know, could get a job. You're often one that hangs out after the show because 
you say you have no place to go and you don't want to go home and argue. No, I don't say that, Kenny. You My could, God. <laughs> you could be one of those Speaking crusty thing. old bastards that the second I walk into, you know, a, a place, they, can I help you, sir? Don't think uh, I haven't thought about and working then you could follow me around the store to make, make sure, sure you I'm don't not, steal anything. I'm not shoplifting. Right. Make sure you don't steal anything. Hey, 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 hey. And hey. then what are, you, what are you doing tonight? What what you working on? Uh, you need any help? You want me to come over? <laughs> don't uh, talk to me like that. You need a ride? Uh, <laughs> Or I can hang out at Moeller's. The watch event's underway. That's right. Yeah, I don't think Moeller's going to be down with that. No. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> Sometimes they don't let me in. <laughs> it's underway today at the St. Paul store. It moves to Minneapolis, and it wraps up at uh, 50th in France. Uh, it's the best watch, watch selection of the year. A couple things I have. Uh, you know Matt, the uh, derby guy, the green machine guy? Yes. Oh, yeah. GL's demo derby driver oh you're, yeah you're celebrating the anniversary of your hole in one october 25th right uh, i just learned on facebook he is celebrating one year of sobriety today so Fantastic. congratulations he had a close call and he posted something very positive about life is great so congratulations that's man. cool didn't we met him at the fair yeah. Yeah. at the yeah. fair he yeah. went over to that uh, pub we went to Oh, yeah. Well, apparently uh, he didn't order wait, anything. Wait a minute. No, <laughs> no he, he wasn't drinking. No, he, he was. Uh, he's one year sober. He had a little scare, and uh, so hats off to you, Matt. Way to go. I think he wanted to buy the mayor a beer. Wasn't that what the deal was? Was the mayor there? No, the mayor was long gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, maybe, maybe I'm confusing it. Jack's Cafe Monday. Uh, if you want to be part of that Monday Night Sports Talk podcast recording, starts at 3, doors open at 2.30. Email Reavers, C Reavers, R-E-U-V-E-R-S, at garagelogic.com. If you want to become, we need a little head count for uh, for Billy Wait and the gang over there. Wait a minute. We're still here Monday doing GL podcast. Correct. Okay, then we depart for Jack. Then we're going to head over to Jack. All right. Then we're hopping. And and as you Kenny, said here, yes, you said here, yes, you Kenny. try not to say anything. Right. Hey, uh, I talked to the waitress about uh, bringing us some Diet Coke and uh, lemonade for the mayor. We got to get. Uh, when did we kill the grouper? When did we kill the grouper? What? Uh, how does that work? Olson, you drunk enough to drive yet? <laughs> and then tomorrow, I'm going to be at the Minnesotan from 10 to noon as a celebrity bartender. Come and see the wares at the Minnesotan. Oh. Online at the Minnesotan.com. Can we hurl insults at you yes. as the bartender? Yes. Oh, I don't know how much of a. It's not going to be like Tom Cruise with the cocktail. You know, it's. I can hey, do stuff. Make though. me an old fashioned. I all right, thank you. Available. <laughs> and if you just want to catch up on all things Garage Logic podcast, you're welcome to. It's free. Go to garagelogic.com. That's garagelogic.com. Check out what's on Joe's bookshelf in Author's Corner. The features button, you can find out the latest creation from uh, artist Greg Holcomb, who really captures Garage Logic. And you can catch up on all the back podcasts that you may or may not have listened to. If you want to listen to something again, like maybe Krabby, uh, uh, Kenny's Krabby Coffee Shop update, you can do that. GarageLogic.com. And as always, Table Talk with Rookie's Family. Just Google that. Table Talk with Rookie's Family. It's a fun family podcast that will entertain you, just like this Garage Logic one does as well. We'll catch you next time. GarageLogic.com.